the art of self-reliance is forging your own path, but the path is difficult. Made easier by learning from those who have succeeded in directing their own lives on their own terms. With their help and inspiration, your path to self-reliance moves from dream to reality. And now, here's your host, Dr. Rodney King. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of The Art of Self-Reliance. In this episode, I talk to my good friend, Eric Kolasar. I've known Eric now for over 15 years. He's a lead coach in my martial arts program, Crazy Monkey Defense, and the vice president of Trainers Operations. Eric enlisted in the U.S. Army as an infantryman in the early 90s. Following his basic training, he was stationed at Fort Drum, New York, with the 10th Mountain Division. He served in Operation Restore Hope in Somalia between 1992 and 1993. Eric spent over 10 years in the infantry, serving as a rifleman, team leader, squad leader, and platoon sergeant. In addition, he was honored to have served as a relief commander at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in Arlington National Cemetery. Academically, Eric earned his master's in leadership and coaching. I talked to Eric in this episode about developing a personal mission and vision statement along with values, planning and creating a system to help you achieve goals while using the AAR process to help you take ownership of your life, and finally, the purpose of play in experiencing and living your best life. The art of self-reliance calls you to adventure, to develop your self-protection skills, to learn how to survive no matter where you find yourself, and to thrive amongst life's chaos. Here's my first question for you, Eric. When you hear the words self-reliance, what does that mean to you? To me, self-reliance is really having the, the tools the skills, uh, the abilities, and the strength to be an independent person and, and really to have the ability to be able to adapt to whatever situation you may find yourself in. For example, the situation that everybody in the world is in right now with the coronavirus. You know, we weren't prepared for this type of environment. We weren't ready, obviously. And, and we have to have the ability to be able to adapt and overcome the challenges. And it really is highlighting for a lot of people um, either how self-reliant they actually are or where they're lacking in that area. I think this is a great example for many people. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think this leads really nicely into some of the points that we said we were going to talk about on this podcast let's start with the importance of developing and understanding who you are and where you want to go. I think in order to be self-reliant, you really have to understand who you are as a person in order to understand where you want to go. You know, who, who are you? Where, you have to know where you come from and what you want out of this life. And this goes into... Um, the idea of developing a personal mission statement. Stephen Covey, which is one of the people that I really got this idea from, he uh, stated that a personal mission statement basically becomes the criteria on which you evaluate yourself and everything else in your life. And you and I know as, as martial arts coaches, 
We've coached clients and, and other trainers throughout the world over decades. And many people, they come to us for training and they really have no idea who they are or what they want. They haven't spent a lot of time, and it's really the hard work, looking internally and trying to figure out who am I as a human being? What do I want out of this life? And that's what a mission statement is. It's basically an explanation of who you are and what's important to you. Not on the surface level. It's not something that you can just write down on a whim. You have to take a look at what type of person you are. What tools do I have? And who do I want to be in this life? And, and that requires you know, an individual to put a lot of thought into it. If you, if you don't do that, then you really, you're not going to have a direction to go in your life. And we've had experiences over the years with people who they'll tell us one thing. They'll explain to us, I'm, they'll say, I'm this person. And we'll learn later on that they're really not that, that individual they said they were. And, and so for the most part, nowadays, everybody is too tied up in the social media. They want everything quick. And developing a statement like this about who you are takes time. It takes a lot of work and development to really dig deep and understand who you are and what you want out of this life. Because once you understand who you are, then you can move on and you can start to create a direction for yourself. But it, it, you can't start moving forward until you know where you're at. I think there's a couple of really important points there that we can highlight and, and build on. One, I was just thinking as you were saying, saying that is there is a tendency for people to present what could maybe be considered an idealized self. This is what I want people to believe I am just because it seems to be the right thing at the moment or it's the way that you get accepted. But actually behind the scenes, you're not that at all. You haven't actually spent any amount of time, as you've been suggesting, reflecting on who you are and what you want. And I think part of that too is being able to be real and recognize where you fail, where, you've, where your, your rough spots are and the things that you have to work on in order to get to this personal mission and vision statement that you've been talking about. You know, it's one thing writing something down, but it's another thing completely living it and actually applying it into every aspect of your life. It's, it's, it's so funny because you, you, you have to look beyond the surface level. If you, most people nowadays, they look on Instagram, they look on Facebook, you look on all the social media stuff and you see these people who put themselves out there, their Instagram models, their life looks amazing. And to them, they're giving a snapshot to the world of who they want to be. But if you, the reality is, if you look behind the scenes, that's not who they are. There's something completely different. There is no honesty or congruence, as you said, with what they're projecting to the world and who they are. And you want to have that congruence. I want to project to the world who I actually am. And it requires a lot of courage to be able to do that because it may not be glamorous. It may not be, you know, um, amazing or what you think society might deem acceptable. Being a husband, being a father, being a, a martial arts coach, whatever it is, that may not seem glamorous on Instagram. But if that's your reality, then there's, there's integrity in that. There's honesty. There's truth behind that. And people will it'll resonate with people. 
if you put out who you are. Because at the end of the day, the truth always comes out. But real integrity, real strength shows over time. And so it may not seem glamorous at first, but you can build something really special if you're just honest with yourself about who you are and what you want out of this life. And then once you have that, then we can start to move forward, creating a vision. That vision is the direction that you want to go. But before you do that, you really have to take off the mask. Take off the mask and, and be honest with yourself. You know, when we talking about being real with yourself and finding out who you really are, part of that, and this is something I've talked about in some other episodes, is defining what you actually value. Because if you're not living a life from your values, there is always going to be obstacles that arise and it's going to be so much easier to quit then, right? So when the first obstacle, the first brick wall that you hit, you're going to quit if you haven't been moving from a position of values rather than, for example, well, I'm just trying to fit into the status quo or I'm saying these things because other people are saying it around me and that seems to be the right thing. That's not a way to achieve success. It's not a way to have consistent success because you're not driving that action from what you personally value yourself. Absolutely. If, so there's three things. There's your mission, your vision, and then your values. Your values are, are what ties it all in and it helps to inform you not only how you want to move forward and live your life, like when you know dealing with obstacles or anything that might come in front of you, but also who you're going to associate yourself with, right? It, when you create a, a, a system of values, um, you're going to know right, right away, if I'm associating with a certain group or individual and they don't live up to it, then I know I need to change my course. I don't need to be able to associate with those guys because they're going to lead me down the wrong path. And we've dealt with it over the years in the Crazy Monkey Defense Program, and I've dealt with it on a personal level, and I know you have as well. People who espouse a certain value, and when we see them doing or living a certain way, it raises a red flag. Something happens. Something pops up. It comes out and it tells us, hey, something's not right here. And we should probably say something. And this is where your, your kind of your gut instinct starts to take over, right? I see a red flag. Somebody isn't living the way they say they're living. And instead of trusting your gut instinct and maybe saying something to them and confronting them about the situation, oftentimes we'll sweep it under the rug. And we might do this for a variety of reasons, maybe because they're popular on social media or we can gain, gain something from them. So we will just brush it aside. This one transgression, I'll let it go. But we know deep inside that they're not aligning with our values. And what happens? Later on down the road, we're going to run into another problem. And these problems are going to get bigger and bigger over time. And it's all because we're not standing by and standing up for what we believe in. And over the course of that, that relationship or whatever life that, that takes, it's gonna go, the problems are going to get bigger and bigger until we, we have to deal with them. We're forced to deal with them. And this may result in a, a messy breakup of friendships. Uh, it may result in a breakup of an organization. 
or divorce, who knows? But if, we, if you often look back at it, red flags will be raised along the way. And it's because we're so conditioned just to be trusting people. But if you actually live and stand by your values, you could have avoided situations much earlier. And I think we've learned that throughout the years, just through our own experiences as, as martial artists, as coaches, and members of our organization. It's, it's been tough, but it's been a really good learning experience because now I'm able to pass that on to my children, to my clients, and help other people to understand the importance of living and standing by your values. Yeah, and there's also something to be said about what I often typically refer to as the Pollyanna effect, which is very much um, something that you see in the social media um, spectrum is where ultimately everybody's trying to be super positive, you know, don't hang out with people that are negative and, and all these kinds of memes that pop up on the feeds and Facebook and, and places like that. But what's not said is that just because somebody is saying something to you that may not be seen as positive in your mind doesn't mean it's a negative comment. A lot of people can't make the distinction between constructive feedback, right? And this other side of, oh, this person's just being negative. And that's another part of it is that you need to be open to feedback. You need to be open to people having that conversation with you, real conversations with you, which I think are often missing in, in this day and age, where we can just be honest with each other and not just taking everything so personally and saying, hold on, you know, this person saying this to me, they do really have my best interests at heart. What can I actually gain from this? What can I actually learn? And how can I apply that to my life? criticism or constructive criticism isn't somebody just espousing hate. There, there's, there's a difference between getting feedback and someone who's negatively, just negatively criticizing you just for the sake of tearing you down. If I challenge your statement or argument, or I have a question, people often see that as negative, but when you're thinking critically, and that's one thing that I think we're lacking nowadays in today's society is critical thinking. You want your thoughts and your ideas to be challenged. I want to be challenged. I want to be told when I'm doing something wrong or my thinking might be a little bit off. And I know that when I align myself with, with people who are positive, people who are heading in the same direction that I am, we may not always think alike, but I trust, I trust your judgment and I trust your values because they align with mine. And if you're giving me criticism or, or, or feedback that I don't think is positive, there's a reason for it. And I'm not going to take that in a negative way. But that's how we grow and develop as a person. The other thing is I need to learn how to deal with people who are trying to tear you down because the world is full of those people, right? If I don't develop a thick skin nowadays, number one, if you don't have a thick skin, just shut off your social media, get offline because you're not going to survive in this world. And so I have to develop that thick skin and I have to learn to trust that the, I align myself with people who have similar values and I have to will it, be willing to put myself out there and take constructive criticism because that's how you grow and develop. And as we start talking it through, through this conversation and through this podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about how constructive criticism in the planning phase as you're starting to work through your own process of development 
is going to help you achieve your goals. Mm, so yeah, that's, that's a good pivot point there. You know, when we're talking about setting goals, I think one of the things we could probably agree on is that your goals always have to be generated from your values. Otherwise they will likely fail. So let's talk about planning and creating a system to help you achieve goals. So uh, it, before I start this, I want to kind of give a little background. So um, I joined the Crazy Monkey Defense Program uh, in 2005, right at its inception. We just started and it was a very raw format back, back then, 15 years ago. We were on Klein online and we had a basic forum. We got together, uh, all the trainers got together as much as we could, but I was only able to see you probably once or twice a year. And I knew what I wanted at that point. I had my personal mission statement. I knew what I wanted to do. And I knew the direction I was going. I aligned myself with an organization that was providing me that direction, the guidance, the tools that I needed. But for the most, most of my time, I was on my own and it was up to me to develop myself as a martial artist. So it was around 2007 that you first started the uh, iMonkey program. And so we did an online training program that provided me with a kind of an outline of how I take myself through a development phase for my martial arts game. And that was a really, uh, really influential point in time for my own personal development, because you gave me the structure and the tools to be able to run myself through a three to six month development program. And we went through this program, the iMonkey program, and we went through it for about 12 weeks. And then I got to a certain level and you told me, um, all right, well, I think we're about done right now. You need to go out and you need to play with this. Uh, I don't know if you remember it. And to me, I was like, I was like, holy crap, I'm on my own now. What do I do? So I had to figure out how do I become self-reliant as a martial artist? I have to take ownership of my own skill development. The cool thing was you already provided me with an outline. And I already knew from my own, my own history that I have the tools to be able to take this and run with this. So I started to create uh, short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals. So I, when you're looking at goal setting, you want to create goals that are what we call SMART goals. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant to the task, and they also have a timetable that you have to meet. So I would create short-term goals that would help me take that next step in the my martial arts development. And I knew from my previous training that I could stay focused at the most at that time for about eight, eight to 10 weeks. So I would take an eight to 10 week chunk of time and I would create smart goals, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant on that timetable that I could achieve in that period of time. And then I would continue the training. So I would create this weekly training process. And going through the training cycle and the structure, one of the things that I, um, I used from my military time was the AAR process, which was the after action review. So every week after my training was complete, and it was usually after my sparring, I would ask myself th these questions. What was expected to happen? 
So if I was going out in a sparring session and my goal was to work on engaging from the rim and returning to the rim, okay, that's what, what was I supposed to do. But then I had to look back on it and I had to be honest with myself and I say, okay, what actually happened? And it's easy to kind of lie to yourself in these processes, but mm -hmm. you really, again, it goes back to living by your values, knowing what your personal mission is and how to get there. You have to be honest with yourself. So I had to tell myself what actually happened. Well, I may have engaged properly, but I couldn't get back to the rim. I was getting hit. Okay. So I knew what was supposed to happen. I knew what actually happened. Then I had to figure out what went wrong and why. What was going wrong? And, I, and again, these are all things that, you know, some of us try to avoid because we don't want to seem like failures. But understanding that this is going to make me better, I, under, I need to understand what, why did I fail in this effort? And what do I, what can I do to improve it? So once I understood what went wrong, then I actually had to give myself a little bit of credit because some of us can be a little hard on ourselves. So I have to ask what went right? What did I do well? And then the last thing I'm going to ask is how can I improve for next time? So going through those different questions, number one, what was expected to occur? Number two, what actually occurred? Number three, what went wrong and why? Number four, what went well and why? And the last thing I would do is I would take two to three things. What can I improve to make this better for next time? And those two to three things would be my goals for my next training session. And I would cycle through this process for about two months because that's about the amount of time that I could stay focused on the task at hand. And incrementally, over time, you would start to see improvements. And these small improvements would just exponentially grow and grow. And this is what helped me to develop my martial arts game over time. And I think you can probably comment on it because I would use, whenever I saw you at the trainer's clinic, that would be my feedback. Every time I sparred you, I would get feedback and that would inform me what was my next six month worth of goals. What did I need to work on? And I would just cycle through this process, but I couldn't go th through this process if I, if I wasn't self-critical. I had to really be honest with myself, myself, my feedback from you, feedback from others. And, and if I couldn't do that, then I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I want to get your take on just because you mentioned the word incremental. And I think a lot of times people think when they're working on a specific goal that they somehow have to achieve these big, massive milestones. But I think that's a mistake. Oftentimes, it's the little things that you work on that culminate that eventually build together to be, create that big final goal that you see that you've been, you know, you've put out over there and you've actually achieved it. So it's the small steps that are just are really important to achieve. Everybody wants everything right now. They want an amazing jujitsu game today, right? They want to be a black belt next week. They, they want to have an amazing kickboxing game. We've been doing this for decades. Everybody sees you or sees I, and they, they see, uh, you know, people on TV in the UFC or wherever it is, and they just see you as a successful martial artist. 
but they don't see all the hard work that went into the development of you. I've been doing this for a long time. And I remember those days where I was going to a sparring session and I would be talking myself out of it on the way there because I'm going to be sparring so-and-so. He's going to kick my butt. I'm not going to be able to do anything. I don't want to be here. And I would go anyways. I remember those days. As a coach, some, you, know, it's, you often forget what it was like to be that brand new student. But if you can recall it, then you can kind of guide people through the process and let them know, hey, these things happen step by step. But the way we coach now and understanding how to guide people through the process, you and I can take people uh, through the process much faster than it took us. I can take somebody in one year, what took me five years to develop, because I've made all the mistakes. So I can guide them away from those pitfalls or those tangents you find yourself running into. I can, I can kind of help you through that process. And, and that's where, you know, again, being self-critical and understanding that you don't have all the answers. There's going to be people out there who can help you and guide you. So you have to be open to feedback, open to criticism, and understand, like, you're not going to find everything on YouTube. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. I watch one video. I don't download it like Neo in the Matrix. It's going to take time to develop. But these small things, for example, just like developing a, a, a very good jab, those things make a, a, a huge difference in, the, in a sparring session. Somebody with a really good jab is going to give everybody trouble. And if you just take time, one month, two months, to focus directly on your jab and go through that process, uh, again, you can develop a solid game that's going to give a lot of people problems. And over the course of time, you're just going to continue to add and build to your game. But you have to go step by step. So as I went through this process, I would cycle through the outline that you have given us in the Crazy Monkey Defense Program. I would cycle through the process. I would cycle through the game. And I would go back and I would develop and continue to develop. And, and over time, I, I've been able to develop a, a, a solid CM game. And then you get to a certain point. And again, as I, as I said, um, you're focused on these goals. You're focused on developing your goals. But mentally and physically, you can only stay focused for so long. If you look at it like a, like a, like a fighter's training camp, a fighter is going to build up into a, a peak level of performance on the day that he's supposed to fight. He should be at his peak. But after that, he's got to be able to recover. Your body, your mind needs to be able to recover. Same thing for the casual martial artist or just a guy on the mat. You're going to be working, working on developing your goals, but you also need, once you've put your time in, you need to take time to recover and to play and to allow yourself to mentally and physically decompress. And so there is a, a, a huge aspect of, of the way we focus our training within our program is play. And I think it's important to incorporate that 
when in the process of development and even at the higher levels when you're working on um, learning to expand and um, really take ownership of your own game. Yeah, so just before we move into that, which is really, you know, I love talking about that part of what we do, the, the, the challenge play aspect. Let's just return to that one statement that you made where you said, you know, you were on your way to go and spa and you knew there were specific people there, but you did it anyway. And that really speaks to this idea of grit. Coming back to everything you've been saying, if you haven't defined your mission, your vision, and you haven't tied that to your values, you will never be able to develop that grit. And at the first, as I've said earlier, at the first obstacle, you're just going to turn around and, and quit. And so it's really important to have these things lined up in order to meet the challenges that you're going to face. Oh, absolutely. It, I mean, it's something as if, if, if you're a martial artist, you understand that you're going to face adversity. You're going to be sparring somebody who's going to have your number in life you're going to have ups and downs right now. Globally, we are, see, we are facing a challenge. You're stuck in the Isle of man. I, I'm here. We've got people who are having to close their businesses. Everybody is facing adversity in one way, shape or form, but it's how you react and what you do in the face of that adversity that really shows who you are. If you're, if you don't know yourself, if you don't understand yourself, you don't understand how you react under pressure, under stress, right? You could freak out because you don't have the, the tools in your toolbox. You haven't developed that to be able to handle adversity. That's one of the benefits of training in the martial arts and actually get on the, getting on the mat and sparring because you're forced to face your demons. You're forced to face yourself. And what happens when you're not successful? You know, a lot of guys in my gym, they'll spar me and they'll be like, man, they could never think of me getting my butt kicked in sparring. And, and I tell them all the time, look, I wasn't always this guy. I was the guy who was scared to throw a right hand because I was, knew I was going to get punched in the nose. I, I was the guy who's just trying to survive. And I've been there. And I've shed the tears. And I've got the, the broken face and the bad eyes to prove it all. Uh, but it's through that adversity, it's, it's helped me to understand that, you know, it's, it's, it's not what happens to you. It's how you react to it. It's how you react to it. You know, I, I wasn't expecting to uh, have to deal with torn retinas or to have to deal with any of the, the physical injuries that have come along in my martial arts journey, but I've had to adapt. I've had to learn how to deal with those and, and move forward. And I've used the lessons I've learned on the mat to be able to overcome that in my life. And I know that I'm not, I'm not just trying to survive. It's one of my pet peeves. You know, you, you'll, you'll talk to somebody and be like, Hey, how you doing, man? Oh, just trying to survive. I'm like, look, we live in, I'm, I live in the United States. We live in the West. You haven't been many, but you haven't had to survive. You go to a lot of other places in the world. You see people who are in, you know, dire straits or situations. We're not just surviving, right? And I'm not trying to just survive. I'm trying to thrive. So when I've, we're faced with situations like, 
the coronavirus pandemic or just a simple sparring match. I know, okay, this is going to be bad, but I've developed the tools. I know I have the grit, the determination, and I know I can get through this. It may be a good day. It may be a bad day. It may take me some time, but I'm going to problem solve it. I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm not going to back down. This will not defeat me as a person because the only person, really the only person who can defeat you is you. You know, I was just thinking while you were saying that is that we have a very unique way and approach to develop this grit because everything you describe right now, that ability to keep coming back and being adaptable speaks to this idea of grit. And the way that we develop that and the way that we approach training is through the purpose of play. And so I want you to speak to that a little bit and why do you think that's so important and how that helps you forge your own path and take ownership of your journey? Me as a person, uh, I have a tendency to be um, very task-oriented. Sometimes I just get so focused on, I'm I'm what I call a recovering perfectionist. So when I'm working technique or details, I I have a tendency just to go really deep on it. And you know, through our process, you have helped me uh, to realize that, look, perfection is unattainable. I'm not going to be perfect at anything. What I need to do is be able to surf the edge of chaos and, and, and know that, you know what, it doesn't have to be perfect. I just got to make it work. And the only way to do that is really getting on the mat and sparring. But you have to spar in the proper environment. If you don't have the correct environment, you're not going to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. And you and I have been in and ran environments that were negative environments, right? They, they were very uh, meathead, very, you know, just rock'em, sock'em robots. And when you're in an environment where it's just alpha male and the, only, the, the, only the top guy is going to survive and win and he's just going to bash everybody else. You don't have the ability to be creative. You don't have the ability to um, try out new skills, to take risk. So you want to create an environment where you have the ability to take risk. You have to be able to take risk without fear of getting hurt. You need feedback. I need honest feedback. But I want to know that I'm going to be in a safe environment where I'm not going to get my face bashed in. I'm not going to get my knocked out or I'm not going to get my arm broken. But my partner's going to hit me. They're going to let me know that I made a mistake. I need that feedback. If I create the proper environment where I know that I'm going to take risk and if I do it wrong, I'm going to get the appropriate feedback. Now I can start to become creative because I'm going to know where I can go. Where's the good spaces? What's the good techniques that I can use that's going to keep me safe and where I can take risk? And, and that ability to be creative is going to help you become adaptable in the long run. Because without creativity, you're never going to be able to adapt in the face of adversity. I mean, if you just look at what's happening now, we can, we can take a number of analogies. You look at Uh, Most martial arts places, uh, gyms have had to adapt immediately because everybody was shut down and they started to use Zoom. 
boom. So they started to do that. Most places went online. Without that ability to be creative, you're never going to have uh, uh, the ability to be self-reliant, to be able to adapt to whatever is in front of you. And, and to me, especially in our program, that comes from creating the proper environment that allows you to be able to take risk and play. Play is a huge part of development for children, but as well as adults. We often put that aside, right? When you're, you play when you're a kid. But no, when we're on the mat, I want to get on the mat. I want to take risk and I want to play with new things. Like I said, I have a tendency to get too focused on technique and trying to be perfect, throw the perfect right hand or the perfect counter or w whatever it may be. So part of my own development, was like as you uh, explained to me years ago, now you have to go out and play with these things. So I had to figure out my own self and learn to express myself honestly because I've put the time in, I've developed myself over the years, and I've gotten to the point where I can play in a solid environment that allows me to get that honest feedback. And that feedback can sometimes destroy people. Like we were talking about that online feedback or that criticism. A lot of people will take that negatively. They'll get on the sparring mat and they'll get hit in sparring and they'll, they'll receive that feedback and they won't be back for like three weeks because they weren't mentally, they weren't able to handle that type of feedback. Now there was no negativity. There, nobody was intending to hurt them, but just that reality hitting them in the face did a number on their psyche. And it took them a little bit of time to write that ship. But when you know that you can face adversity and overcome, and it doesn't change who you are. Uh, one thing my father told me years ago when I was fighting and competing, um, I, I think it was the first time I lost a fight, and I was talking to him about it. And uh, he said at the end of the day, you know, win or lose, you wake up in the morning, you look in front of the mirror, and it doesn't change who you are as a person. You lost. You lost a sparring match. You lost a fight. You didn't get the promotion. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? It's still you. It doesn't change who you are. But some people have a tendency to attach their ego to their success at work or their success on the mat. When the reality is, it was just one more learning experience. It was just one more situation where you have the ability to adapt. Now, are you going to take that in a positive direction or are you, are you going to allow that to crush you? Now, that's a choice you have to make. And that comes back to what you've been talking about, right? I think the reason why people are so devastated when things don't go their way is because often they've set themselves up to be something that they're not. And if they've taken the time to define their personal mission, their vision statements, and especially their values, which really speaks to who you are as a person and what really matters to you then you're able to take those knocks in, in your stride and come back even better than you were the day before. Absolutely. Uh, it, again, you see it time and time again. And, uh, uh, you know, it, you, you see examples of it with high-profile athletes all the time. Mike Tyson, he's, you know, one of those ones who's, uh, you know, in the media, in the news, and a lot of people are still talking about his story right now. 
when he lost, his ego was attached to his success in the ring. And it began to spiral out of control. And, and he ended up taking that, that downward path. Um, and there's been other people over the years, throughout the decades, who've taken that same path in, in combat sports, in martial arts, in life. You have to understand who you are at your core and understand that you're more than just this, okay? Yes, I'm a martial artist, but I'm also a father. Mm -hmm. I'm a husband. I, I'm, I'm a business owner. I'm a coach. I'm a son. This is one aspect of my life. And this aspect of my life is supposed to make me better at everything else. It all has to tie in. Like you mentioned at the beginning, there has to be congruence with who you are as a person, the direction you're moving, your values, who, who you align yourself with in your life. When you have that, you're going to create a support system for yourself that allows you to be able to recover from obstacles, stumbles, pitfalls in your life. And they're going to help you, you know, right your ship faster as you move through the chaos that is life. So coming to, to the end of this um, interview, Eric, what I wanted to do was get your take on something that you want to leave everybody with, some, something that you feel everybody should know and put into their life. What would you leave them, a, a moment of inspiration? The only thing I can say uh, is that if you take the time to really get to know who you are and create a plan for yourself, you can achieve anything you want in this life. I remember when I first joined the army, I was 18 years old and I was training Kempo Karate with my first sergeant in the gym at Fort Drum, New York. And I said, I want to be a martial artist. And I want to do this. I want to do this for my life. When I, this is the only thing that I want to do. I want to own a gym one day. And here I am 30 years later, I run a successful gym. Uh, I'm part of an amazing organization. And, and I've got people around me that, uh, that inspire me, um, that support me, and we take care of each other. And so I'm living my dream. Uh, and I can honestly say that. I'm, I'm, I'm living my dream. It's been 30 years in the making, but I'm here. And it's all because I understood who I was. I knew the direction I wanted to go. And yes, I'm not perfect. I've had my pitfalls. I've made my mistakes, but I kept on the path. And if you keep on the path and you keep learning from those mistakes, then you'll get to where you want to go. To learn more about the art of self-reliance, our virtual coaching service, online courses, and our retreats in Thailand, head over to Primal Skills. That's with a Z.com.